Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. It's not. It's not. It's no substitute, Catherine. No, and not we say it every show. We every single ding-dang one of them. <laughs> and we're not going to stop. We just like to tell you things, mm-hmm. thoughts and opinions. So listen, if you have thoughts and opinions, you can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Email us at StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com if you have a question that you want us to answer. And make sure you put the um, question in the subject line because you also use the same email, StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com if you want to join the Facebook group. That's separate. So if you could do two emails and one say Facebook group and one say question in the emails, that would be really helpful. And when you do write in, give us the name that I'm sorry, not the email that you use to log into Facebook with. Don't send me a Facebook message that I will find 10 Mm -mm. weeks later, which I just did. Mm -mm. Uh, Just give me the email that you log into Facebook with. That helps a lot. And if you don't get in the first time, just let us know because sometimes Facebook is wonky. Instagram.com slash the struggle bus pod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. StrugglebusPodcast.com if you want to become a VIP bonus member. Mm-hmm. First little is $5 a month. You can give more, but we don't even give that option. We're like, $5. $5 is fine. Know, volume. Uh, and you get, um, <laughs> right, we actually haven't had a couple bonus episodes. We have 20 bonus episodes up. Yeah. We are changing things around to make sure our schedules can work. But for right now, you get uh, 20 bonus episodes and a really cool thing in the mail. Yeah. Tweet at Sally T and tweet at me at SPK Heller. And uh, yeah, leave us a nice uh, review on iTunes. Yeah, I was Give gonna- us five stars. Don't do the weird thing. A friend of mine gave four stars and like legit reviewed it what it was my book and I'm like you met me like and she's like this book was so amazing and I know Catherine but I was a little lacking in that and I was like how dare they I was I was like I don't want you to be honest just fucking go on Amazon give me a good review yeah just leave us five stars that's the whole point of this whole review thing I mean listen you can do whatever you want but it does help mm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that maybe we, I would re-up our plea for iTunes reviews because we haven't asked for them in a while. It helps. And I went, yeah, it helps a lot. And I went and I looked at our reviews recently and I, I sorted too. by most recent. Me too. And the most recent one is from October 2017. I saw that. So everyone, please review us preferably with five stars or maybe we're doing something right and everyone's like it's all been said yeah it's all been said nothing more to say but the thing is if you don't leave us a five-star review (laughs) we're going to have to invent like a bunch of fake aliases and like (laughs) apple ids and log in and review ourselves that's actually really hard to do that's not cool yeah it seems like it would be tough mine is like spk heller 2012 and i can't change it Oh yeah, they, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it it's would like be really very hard. specific. We would have to hire like a Mr. Robot esque uh, <laughs> hacker to get in there, which you know what we just don't have the money for. So, please review us. I'm sure you, you can find a kid in college and like ten dollars. That's true. Ten, ten bucks. bucks. Ten five, bucks. Five minutes. Large pizza. <laughs> six pack of beer. Um, no, but seriously, folks, you you don't have to leave us five stars. We don't want to bully you. I mean, we think you should. We prefer it, but you should. Leave as many stars as are in your heart. Yeah. But if you, and let's hope there's at least five. And let's hope there's at like least the chambers five. in a cow stomach. Sure. Right? Yeah. No, That's that is thing. definitely how many chambers a cow stomach has. Um, <laughs> five stars. So listen, we would give you all individually five stars as listeners if we could. Mm. Uh, and with that, <laughs> Catherine. Let's get to opening jibber jabber. Thank you. All right. Opening jibber jabber. Well, 
Sally, mm-hmm. yours looks amazing. I have a lot of things. I really would like to hear this first, actually, <laughs> okay. if you don't mind. I, I have an itemized list. I'm actually going to do it <laughs> totally out of order. The first thing I want to say is that we received an email at the struggle, I don't know our email address, but we've received a podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, from a person who I believe is named Jason, mm. and they are the proprietor of a company called. I'm doing a terrible job. The tracing company. And they reached out because they make these tracing. Instead of coloring books, it's a tracing book. And you can trace and color these beautiful designs. Wait, they invited you, not me? Well, no. No, they emailed to the podcast. And they were like, here's the thing. I don't know if it's – I think it might be a fit for your listeners. I didn't see that. See, I handled the Facebook. You handled the other stuff. I handled the email. And uh, I looked. And the books look really awesome. And and the reason Jason reached out is because – they're a thing for, you know, relaxation and chilling out. You know what? I do remember you telling me about this. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like de-stressing and stuff. And so, and I checked them out and they're really beautiful. So I just wanted to mention them. You should check them out. Um, Don't, I did not have luck looking up the tracing company on Amazon and Google. It came with all these like super weird things. What you should go to (laughs) is on Twitter at tracing books and their handle says elaborate step-by-step tracing books to inspire mental health, creativity, self-care, Therapy and art, and they're That's really so rad. Cool. So I just wanted to mention that. Thank That's you. not my real jibber jabber, though. <laughs> my real jibber jabber is number one: update on the old D and D magazines I bought because mm. people have asked. <laughs> Guys, just a quick recap: <laughs> quick. you spent some money for self care because you just really wanted to buy something. Yes, and you bought D and D dragon books from the seventies. Dragon magazine from the like early eighties. Okay, uh, I said that I spent thirty dollars for four. Turns out thirty dollars for f- three. Uh oh. Mm. Um, here's the thing: things from the early '80s look, <laughs> look, things from 2018 are problematic and full of things that we need to call out and call in and etc. It was like way worse in the early '80s, uh, to the point where, before really looking at the covers, I posted a photo of each of them on our Instagram account, I and I saw. like took it down and redid it because the cover had this really obnoxious like orient- orientalist art. Uh, and that was just the beginning. In fact, that whole issue is super problematic. And then there's just all this like weird shit in there. Well, just like, do you know how in the, in the eighties, it was even (laughs) more acceptable to, um, stereotype whole entire races or ethnicities. And it, and it was like, I don't. In mainstream white America, it was not considered problematic or racist mm-hmm. or anything. It was just considered – or like exoticizing or ethnocentric. It was just considered the way you talk about people who don't look like us. To be fair, in the 80s, the dragons were probably doing mounds of cocaine. <laughs> Ma- so like, much And working cocaine. on Wall Street stressed out. Totally. No excuse for it. No but excuse. But like it's possible that happened too. But that <laughs> could be what happened. Um, wow. Yeah. So the the, the – um, Moral of the story is I'm not going to buy those again. And actually someone I, who I know, like tangentially, not in real life, but through the internet, <laughs> DM'd me on Twitter and was like, those are really problematic. Let me know what you think. And I was like, yeah, it'll be great. They're retro. And I looked at them and I was like, wow, this person was right. They're super problematic. Was there any redeeming part of it? Was it a good story uh, or a drawing? Some of it is really fun to read. It's mm-hmm. really fun to read the way people obsess about 
things about their hobbies. I find mm-hmm. that really interesting. Um, I really like looking at the ads for other products at the time. Mm. Um, that's really fun. Like old advertisements are just fun. Virginia Slims. Yeah, I mean, not and not cigarettes, but just because it's like aimed at like kids, but uh-huh. but but that kind of thing, like products that we wouldn't have now, like games that just like wouldn't be games now, like Mousetrap. There was like an yeah, like Mousetrap. There was an entire game that was based on the Cold War, and it was like, <gasps> what if? what if the USSR had won? Oh my God. <laughs> Stuff like that. Well, I mean, you know, accurate. Right. So no, and it was, was the I, game just hide under your desk and like hope for the best? Well, it was like basically <laughs> how do you overthrow our Soviet overlords? It's a lot. And that was a game? It's a lot. What's it called? I can't remember. Something that's terrible. Um, the game of life, but the other, game of, other yeah, life. I, I can't, I can't remember, but, and then there was other stuff too. It was really funny because the first issue I opened up, there was a letter to the editor from a woman who was responding to something from another issue that I didn't have, taking someone to task for being like super sexist and taking the whole hobby to task for being really exclusive to women, which I was like, okay, cool. Wow. But, uh, then the rest of it was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, not doing that again, uh, the other thing I want to say about for my jibber jabber is about summer fruit. Yes. Your peaches, your plums. <laughs> I'm talking about your strawberries. <laughs> I'm talking about your corn on the cob, which is not a fruit, but it, it's a vegetable. <laughs> Vegetables are like fruit, slightly less sweet fruit. Depends on how you make it. Depends on how you make mm-hmm. it. Um, and what I want to say about- I did mine in sugar and vodka. <laughs> right. There you go. What I want to say about summer vegetable, I mean, summer fruits, Catherine- <laughs> Catherine's like, where are you possibly going with this? The highs are high, but the lows are low. Like, for example, I tasted a nectarine at the farmer's market. Mm. That's right. I went to the farmer's market. I'm not embarrassed. We live in Brooklyn and you went to a farmer's market? I know. Can you believe it? How? Um, It was delicious. It was transcendent. (laughs) The taste of it was in the top five sensory experiences of my life. So we bought nectarines from that purveyor and – the next one I tasted was like a mouthful of mushy sawdust. <laughs> and it was in the top five worst. Well, I guess that would be bottom five worst sensory experiences of my life. It was terrible. The same thing happened recently to me with plums. And sometimes it makes me want to just get a Granny Smith apple, which is going to be good year round. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be terrible. It's not going to be transcendent, but it's you're going to get what you expect. But Catherine, sometimes we need to take a risk, even if it means that we might end up really disappointed because maybe we won't. Maybe it will be the best peach you've ever had. See, Sally, I learned this lesson in 1999 when I went to Venezuela uh-huh. to visit a friend who was um, teaching out there. Okay. And somebody handed me a fruit, mm-hmm. as, as one is wont to do, and mm-hmm. they're uh, wonderful people, and you say I'd like some fruit. And uh, my life changed. Mm-hmm. And I've never had fruit like that ever again. It wasn't, I don't, it may not have been a peach, but it was some sort of peachy or mango-esque kind of thing. Okay. And since then, I there's never been anything like it because they don't use preservatives and the just the way they grow them and the weather. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my life was just ruined forever for fruit. I just You've been chasing that high ever since. It's chasing that high. I, it, it is transcendent. So what do you think? Do you think we should all just go for the Granny Smith apples or should we take a risk on a, on a hand fruit? I tried a pear the other day. So disappointing. So disappointing. It's like, this is going to fill my stomach, but it tastes like cardboard. What do you do in that situation? Do you eat it being like, I need the snack, or do you just throw it out? Okay, so uh, I usually get it at a client's office where they have free food. Okay. So, like, I'm going to eat it because it's free. Right, right, right. And, like, I save money and I want to eat fruit. But it, you can taste the difference. It's you like, totally can. This is not a fruit. 
What's would you rather have a bad piece of fruit or no piece of fruit? It depends on how bad. Yeah. Have you ever opened an avocado and all of a sudden everything's black on the inside and you're like, ugh. Or when you get served a really underripe avocado. Yes. And it's like, why didn't you just tell me that you don't have any ripe avocados? That's straight up rubber. You know? Straight up rubber. Anyway, we could go on. That's a great question, though. I'll be thinking about it all night. Let's all think about that. I think if I were very hungry and I needed some food in my system and the fruit didn't taste good, but it was still good for me, yeah, I'd eat it. Yeah, you're going to eat it. But if I don't have to, I might I might opt out. Yeah, I guess I guess my question has some inherent privilege built into it because it's pretty wasteful to throw out something that doesn't taste good. Oh, I wouldn't throw it out. This is uh, this is assuming someone's handing it to me. <laughs> yeah, I I have bitten into. I mean, this Saturday I bit into a uh, disappointing nectarine mm. and I threw it out, and that's a waste of food. Was it too? Was it? Uh, flavorless or was it like too mushy it was both it was like Mm. it was flavorless it was a it was a flavorless sawdust mush is how i would describe it but i could have it would have given me sustenance Mm. so now i'm starting to feel really mixed up about where i stand on all this Um, welcome to the fruit portion of our show okay thank you for Um, listening it's going to go on for the next 20 minutes so you may want to just skip ahead fast forward (laughs) if you don't want to talk about fruit anymore but is that your uh, your total (laughs) yes that is my three topic jibber jabber so the tracing thing cool D &D, interesting Uh fruit a lot to think about. A lot to think Food about. Food for thought, hey, as it were. <laughs> Episode title. Still got it. Um, well, I I, <laughs> I have a lot to talk about in my jibber-jabber, even though it's not very long what I wrote. But I'll get to more of it in the self-care. But I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm tired because I joined the Neo-Futurists again this week. I have Yay. a 10-week run, which is so much fun. We have so many new Neos in. There's people I love performing with. The cast is amazing. If you're in New York or near New York, Come. Let me know ahead of time. I can get you a discounted mm. ticket. And if you want to say hi after the show, please do. Like, I want to meet you. It's not weird at all. Um, it, we're, we just had rehearsal last night for this week's show. We had the most amazing – it's a mix of really cool politics and then singing and dancing and fun. And I was laughing because there's a play called Fruit Juice, ah. which is one of the most ridiculous – fun experiences in my entire life. It's hard to explain, but there's dancing and fresh fruit. I finally got the dance right, and I will get to that in my self-care because the song is fun, the dancing's fun, the audience loses their shit. It's just the best thing ever. It's amazing. So that's why I was laughing about that. But I don't know if it's the summer. I, I know what it is. It is the summer. It's the heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually not as busy as I was. Everything's going well now. Mm-hmm. I've got some really good clients, and everything's nice. coming back together. I've been feeling pretty good. And I love doing the show, but you have those moments, Sally, where you're like, I'm not 20 anymore. Oh, you know yes. what I mean? Frequently. So I had, I, you know, the first week back is the hardest because you have to learn all the new dances and stuff like that and lines and you're excited to go in, but it's a lot on your mind. Totally. And then you show up and you're you're going at breakneck speed, but all of a sudden halfway through the show I was backstage for two plays because I wasn't, you know, it's a random order. And by the second, you know, they're only two minutes. By minute three of being backstage and sitting down, I was like, I need a nap. Like, yeah, totally. I, have to be, I have to be moving the entire right, hour of the totally. show. And I was like, God. But it was also very hot. The theater is air conditioned, but they turn it off right before the show. Oof. So the, the audience is comfortable. Yeah. But we're running around. You guys are running around. Running yeah. around. Totally. Yeah. So I'm a little tired, but um, I'm very excited to do it again because now that I'm – I know my lines and I know the dances. Nice. And it's also a really good crew. And I wrote something that is really, 
I pitched it last night. I, I didn't think it was going to get in. I wrote it at three in the morning the night before because I was up because I don't know if you talked or sorry, if anyone ta- uh, has read John Neffel's piece that was written right, about right. friend of the show, Julie, you can all read that. It's on The Intercept. I don't want to go into all the details, but I was upset hearing the details about the way the FBI was behaving. I was thinking a lot about Russia. A lot of things came up and I just started writing freestyle about how these elections are just, it's so immature. You feel like you're babysitting sometimes. Like these people are in charge of the world and they don't know how to act. So I wrote this thing about how important it is to vote in the midterms. Mm -hmm. So it starts really with that. And at the end of it, we're handing out things of like, and if you can vote, and if you were able, here's how you can help other people to vote, Mm -hmm. babysit, drive people, like offer, these are things we can do because Mm -hmm. everyone else does not know what the fuck they're doing. (laughs) But I wrote it stream of consciousness. The next day I assigned roles and it's, I was like, this is not going to get in. It didn't have a title until the second I got there. And I was like, midterms. And I then also pitched a song that I, a thing that I wrote um, all summer long. It's fucking beautiful and perfect. Sally, there's a guitar in my apartment. Oh, so there is. Yeah, there is. Well, um, I pitched it. It was great. It'll be in eventually, but we're because I have a monologue in the other one, they turn out to do like too many like monologue time. Totally. They immediately chose uh, this play that I shot out with a lot of feelings that okay. I didn't think was edited. They're like, no, this is it. Oh, that's amazing. And they're like, this is current. This is important. This is a holy fucking shit story. It's in. I was like, oh. So that's that cool. just goes to show you. I was tired, but I let myself uh, yeah. write out some stream of consciousness stuff. And then we got to my self-care because that's related. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Yes. I know this, but I don't remember. How are they chosen? Do people vote? No. It's actually a really cool fair process. So you go around the room. Everyone pitches their plays. You either perform it or they read through it. Yeah. And then everyone's assigned a number and they go, okay, Robin, you pick first. And then they pick the play they want and that's it. Oh. And then we go around, and then I pick a play, and then after the first half are chosen, we stop and talk about, okay, what else do we need? Oh, that's so cool. So unless somebody's like, I can't do this play for whatever reason, yeah. that's it's picked. It's in. Oh. It doesn't matter. And it's so fair. There's no ego. It's like, you know, it sucks when your play isn't picked, but if for some reason they wanted that, cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's no arguing. There's no— That's cool. It's really— It's a, a consensus type thing. It's a, That's it. And each person, like, you pull out of a hat, okay, Catherine, what, what play do you want to pick? And it's in. It's in. Like, end of story, full stop. But all the plays people bring in are amazing. Yeah. We could have gone with all of them. Totally. You know, there were, like, 30 of them. But we were picking seven. So that's how it works. Cool. And that's it's awesome. short. And it does not waste our time. Because let's be honest, if you're like, sitting and talk about a play for, like, it goes, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, just, it's I mean, faster. look, we talked about fruit for that entire time. Imagine, and that's like, not even a play. Yeah, imagine, like, defending... 30 new plays. I mean, like, what do we need? It's like, nope. All right, you pick, you pick, you pick, you pick. These are the plays. Let's get to rehearsal. We have four hours to do all of that. I love that. And then we learn everything. Keeping it moving is like my love language. And I love that we, they don't make us like rehearse five days a week. They're like, cool, here's your parts. Here's the dance moves. We'll do video. We'll we'll send videos if you need. Take videos. You have four days to learn it. And when you show up on Friday, we're doing a show. Totally. So you're fucked if you don't memorize your lines. They treat you like adults. We all have lives. That's it. And they trust you to just like be committed, learn the thing, and pull it off. If we don't, and it and it happens. If we don't, it's if it's a problem. I've never seen it. Like yes, there are nights where I'm like, I don't know my line, you know. But that's fine. That's the chaos of the show. And we all take care of each other. That's awesome. But everyone's professional. It's, it's, we take it very seriously. Yeah. Because it's fun. Everyone go see the news. Yeah. Uh, thing we did for self-care, shall we? Yes. So now, a thing we did for self-care. Sally, do you mind if I go first? I was going to say. Related. Yeah, okay, it's okay, a okay. nice little transition. All right. So the first weekend of the show, I uh, did the dance moves to all the things necessary by kind of following the partner next to me. Thanks, Rain. I was always like <laughs> situated next to someone who was like whispering like, no, you're going out the wrong door. It's like, right. <laughs> and it happens. <laughs> I'm very bad at choreography. But once I get it, I'm a really good dancer. It takes me a while. 
And um, on the night I wrote the play about the midterm elections and what Russia's doing and what, you know, the FBI does, and it's basically like they're both flawed. You can live in an existence where it's not a cage match. Like, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. We have to vote in the midterms. And I wrote it, and I was like, I couldn't go to sleep. I was so worked up. And the reason I was up till 3 in the morning is because I'd just done the show that weekend and my my schedule was off. But I had to get up early. And I was like, I have to go to sleep. What do I need to do? And I thought about, what do you do with the toddler when they won't go to bed? Wear them out. So oh, I wanted – I love this fruit juice play, which I keep laughing because the, the song's amazing. And I was like, I want to nail this dance before the next rehearsal because – I love doing it, and I don't want to have to worry about yeah. memorizing new shit. So I put my headphones on, had my, like, soft shoes to give my neighbors some reprieve. And I fucking danced to that song five times in a row because it's such a happy song oh, cool. and fun dance moves. And after the fifth time, I was like, I'm ready for bed. So I danced. That's amazing. So I had a dance party by myself. And did you learn the song? The oh, dance my God. Moves? I am. I can. Yeah, You're I can expert. do it in my sleep now. And it's so fun. Did it tire you out? Were you able to sleep? I fell asleep That's immediately, incredible. and I woke up in a good mood. Uh, who knew? I love it. Dancing. I might have to try that for next time I can't sleep. Yeah, it's fun, like, learning choreography to a song. You, yeah. like, like watch a video and be like, oh, they're doing this. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. I'm a terrible <sighs> dancer, but I'm going to try it. No, no, but same, but, like, I, I I needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's, like, privacy of your own home, so you can dance like no one's watching. I mean, I was tiptoeing, you know. Yeah. Not to bother Nikki downstairs. Yeah. Hey, hi, Nikki. Hey, Nikki. He's good. If you're listening. Yeah. Sally, uh, what did you do for self-care? Well, I <laughs> I'm so I, jealous already. We spent like half of Monday at various beaches. Well, that's not really true. We went to one beach. Oh. We went to Manhattan Beach. You like beach hopping. <laughs> well, well like we so we went to Manhattan Beach and then right after that we went to Coney Island. But we didn't actually go to the beach at Coney Island. We hung out on the boardwalk and we oh, went to the nice. New York Aquarium, which is it not cool? I mean, I feel really bad for animals that are cat and cat are what did it can captivity? captivity yeah. Oof, that took me a second. Um, for example, there were penguins, and I was just like, oh. I feel like you don't want to be out in the heat. Were they outside? Yeah. Don't they cool off the the habit trail? It's not, it's not a habit trail. The <laughs> habitat. A habit, habit they were in a, they were in a hamster <laughs> habitat. <laughs> it was really weird. And New York Aquarium kept their penguins in a ha hamster habitat. Yeah, but the hamsters were on a block of ice. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Someone should really write them a letter. <laughs> but uh, there were sea otters that were really cute. Anyway. Oh. My I, my conflicts about God, I'm really feeling conflicted about that about fruit. I'm really going through it with my own. I'm just really examining my privilege. Mm. Um, but we yes, yeah, so we went to the New York Aquarium. We went to we went on the the Wonder Wheel, the Ferris wheel. Yes, I love that, which was really fun. And then we went on this terrible ride called no no no. no it wasn't. It's it's called Spookorama or something. And it, it's it's one of these things where they put you in a metal like cart and they put a bar down. And then it follows a track through kind of a haunted house. Oh. It, it was the most Was like, it scary? Well, it was scary in the sense that if you're sitting in the complete dark and <laughs> someone jumps out at you and screams at top volume into your ear. Was it a person you're or gonna an be animatronic? Scared. It was a lot of them. It was like one was a skeleton, one was one time there was just like a really loud popping noise with a burst of air. Uh, it was just like if I went to Michael's and bought a bunch of supplies <laughs> to, to make a haunted house, it's what you would get. And also the oh the God. thing you're in, it's on a track, but it like it's really jerky, which I'm like, is that supposed to be scary? It's just uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? And also it's like, should I should I be getting out of here? Right. Is this actually a problem? Is this is this safe? It did, probably not. Did you go on the cyclone? No, I am super terrified of okay. roller coasters. I I like roller coasters. Okay. I'll tolerate them. 
And ever since I was a kid, we go on the cyclone. You got to do the cyclone. You got no, no. Every fucking don't. time <laughs> yeah. when I was a kid, when I was like being tall enough, yeah. There's one thing that actually gives you whiplash. It's terrifying. Yeah. No one's died yet, but every few years, <laughs> friends are like we're getting the cyclone. But the last time I went, I was on a date with a guy. Oh God, I only went out with him because I thought he was on Dawson's Creek. He asked me. I was oh, bartending. Man. Was he? He looks exactly like the guy who played Jack, um, who was Michelle Williams's hot. Okay gay friend I think okay I legit thought it was him and he kept coming to the bar he's like why not I guess sometimes I was like oh my god I would and it turns out it wasn't him but he had a nice motorcycle which was still terrifying did you ride on it yes whoa 70 miles an hour I was like I don't you know when your face that part I didn't like but it was fun being on a date with a guy with a motorcycle who looked like he was on Dawson's Creek and when he's like let's do the cyclone I was like of course and I was like oh no no oh god and again this is the last time and I had a mad crick in my I mean it, it's dangerous yeah. there's that one turn I don't know why people still talk it up it looks, every single time it looks I mean we were looking at the rides from the top of the Ferris wheel there's one where you sit in a thing and it just it throws you up and oh, it yeah. throws you back it's like a boat yeah yeah, yeah I and at that. the top it stays for a second and, then it drops. and I'm just like I don't is that even what, what part of that is enjoyable did you hear the story about the time it got stuck oh god mm-hmm. no it got stuck at the top yeah Oh yeah, they had to like get people out. Oh, yeah. How do you get people out of that? Uh, there was a whole thing. It was in the news many years ago. Even, even you guys, f- it's not safe to go to. Con- I mean, the rides aren't safe. They're no, just they not. don't. They don't. I mean, even on the Ferris wheel, you know, it was making noises that you don't want a large mechanical contraption to make. Yeah. Just at all. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, but the point is, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very relaxing, fun day. And it was just really nice to take a day. I usually don't do stuff (laughs) 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 because I don't want to deal with like crowds and like lots of people and Mm -hmm. it's always hot and I have to go to the bathroom. I'm just like basically like a toddler. I'm like always too uncomfortable to enjoy myself outside of my home. If it's above 75 degrees, I don't go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Mm. But, um, but this was just (laughs) really enjoyable and it was just really nice. We we also went really early in the day and that was part of why I think it it worked well. Mm. Um, It was just really nice to spend an entire day not looking at my phone other than the ground. Um, yeah, you know, Instagram, oh, you know, the gram, I didn't know that's what we're calling it, the it now. Nah, I don't know if anyone does anymore. All right. I'm a little late, but a lot uh, of people got engaged this weekend. You notice that a lot of people, um, Oh, I didn't notice that. But what I have noticed is a lot of people posting photos of their kids, like first day at school. Oh yeah. 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 And it's, um, they're piling up those little announcements. Love yeah. you all. You're adorable. Anyway, okay. Well, the older we get, the more there's there's the kids. Totally. Yeah. Lots of kids. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> so the moral of the story is uh, it's called the gram. It's called Don't the go gram. on the cyclone. Do not. Eat fruit and dance. And dance. Sure. Let's get to our, um, our letters. We also first actually have an update. So let's get to that. We're, we're uh, so Sally and I during this short break, <laughs> what we were just transitioning, are still talking about roller coasters yeah. and like, what's the point? Well, and like, my Great Adventure, though, has a nice – I like log flume. I like um, yeah. the whitewater rafting. I, I went on a log flume once, um, and that was fine. That mm-hmm. was, like, not super scary. Part of it – like, here, here's what I'll say, mm-hmm. not to take up our entire show with this. I um, mean, why not? Ch- Chitter-chatter. Hey, 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 there's timestamps. You can skip ahead. You can skip ahead. Yeah. Um, the, thing, the thing is about scary rides – is my face too close to this? No, you're good. Okay. No, you're doing perfectly. Okay. The thing about scary rides. Okay. So roller coaster. Okay. I get they're not for me. So far be it from me to be like they're dumb just because they're not no, no, for no, me. No. However, 
<laughs> caveat is <laughs> Catherine, the ones that just are variations on throwing you up into the air, very, very, very high and very fast and then bringing you down, that I don't. Like, I'm not going to say that's dumb because it's not on brand for me to call something dumb just because I don't like it, at least not in a microphone <laughs> in private. Yes, of course. Um, the, but yeah, so there's that genre of ride that just looks like pure terror. And also, I feel like you're playing with fire because let's be honest about those machines. You know, the thrill-seeking thing, like the jumping out of airplanes and mm-hmm. stuff, I just don't get because I feel scared of everything anyway. Right. I'm like, I've accomplished going on the subway. <laughs> right. yeah, I know, exactly. and, and, or, yeah. oh, a train's not coming for 11 minutes. <laughs> That's huge for me. Right, I right. can stand there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need to be thrown in the air in the process. Totally. 100%. Yeah. My thrill-seeking is I left my apartment. I mean, I mean, yes. You know? Yeah. Are we, is it us? It's probably us. Is it us? I mean, maybe, but yeah. I feel like there are probably some listeners out there who relate. I just, it, yeah. One time I was in Coney Island with my, my best friend. She lived out there at the time and I'd spend summers um, hanging out with her a lot. And uh, we were young. And at one point the ride was going super fast and we were like small. Mm-hmm. Sure. We were like nine or 10 or something. And we asked the carny and that, that's their name, right? The carnival uh-huh. workers. Yeah, and then I asked the guy. Yeah, he was a better. teenager. Yeah, is Carney a bad word? I think maybe because I've heard from an actual Carney that I, like we we like it, but maybe I shouldn't say Carney. Yeah, maybe. You know what? I'm gonna keep this in. Yeah, just to know. we're learning. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know, know either. The car- the young teenage boy carnival worker. We were like, hey, it's a little fast, and he was like, I'll show you fast, and sped <gasps> up the fucking ride. What a monster! In hindsight, hilarious. <laughs> Hindsight, best prank ever. Yeah, I think he was stoned too. Like he just look, has glazed look. He's like, oh yeah. And I was like, God damn it. Well, that's the other thing is that the people who are working it, I mean, no shade to the people working the rides. This is how I am at work too. I'm like kind of paying attention to what I'm doing. And I'm also kind of talking to my coworker and kind of looking at Twitter and stuff but like also that. You, you know, it's a, it's a real job where their, your life is in their hands right. and they have to take it seriously. Like, uh, yeah. Have to, yeah. I was like, can you just like look at what's happening now? Yeah. But uh, what I would do, mm-hmm. the ride I would ride is a roller coaster that went at like half the speed of a normal roller coaster. Like a car. Was half the height. <laughs> yeah, I'm just describing a car. You're, you're describing a car. <laughs> That's great. That is the roller coaster. And still does scare me. <laughs> and those are still too scary. <laughs> so I guess we're back at me not leaving the apartment. Our fine. theme park is going to be nothing but like Brita water. But is it filtered? You know what I mean? Like, ooh. When was the filter changed? Oh, that's probably the scariest thing. That is the thing. All right. I have some good ideas. All right. So listen, we do have a... Uh, <laughs> a show to do. <laughs> well, I mean, we've got some feedback. Did you want to read this or do you want me to read this? Because it's an update from Xena Warrior Princess. It is. Uh... This and actually, they call themselves Xena, right? They call themselves Xena. Um, but actually, they had a different name when they wrote in and they chose a new one because they felt like they were embodying a new, (gasps) yeah, persona, which is should we say the old name too? Yeah, so it's in the the email. Mm -hmm. So before I read it, content note abusive relationship and coercive sex. Mm -hmm. Dear Kate and Sally, this is Ali McBeal from the Thirsty Alertsy episode, but I feel like I need a new and more badass name now. Uh, First, thank you. Hearing other people's struggles makes me feel more connected, less alone, and somehow stronger. A few months ago, I wrote in, ostensibly with a struggle about dating. I pretty much told you that I'd sorted out all my baggage, but that I still needed some help dealing with self-worth struggles slash dating anxiety. You both called me out in the nicest way imaginable on the fact that I maybe wasn't completely sorted through in my head. You both strongly suggested that I take the plunge from sometimes seeing a therapist to keep my head above water to actually seeing a therapist regularly to get some help working through my shit. 
I think I got lucky finding a therapist who I feel comfortable with and one who has experience working with my particular issues. But oh my gosh, the experience so far has been transformative. My therapist is helping me to see connections and patterns that I've never noticed before. This is having some pretty amazing impacts in all aspects of my life. One of the best impacts for me is that I've finally been able to process the hurt, guilt, shame, anger, rage, confusion around my first romantic relationship. I can now acknowledge without qualification that this relationship became emotionally abusive and that towards the end, there were several instances of coercive sex. For the last decade, I've managed to mostly let my mind skit around that relationship. Over the past few weeks, I've really been able to acknowledge not only the hurt that it caused me, but also the intense shame that I felt about it. The fact that someone I'd love has chosen to hurt me. The fact that I'd continued to let them for so long. The fact that the abuse hadn't stopped me from loving them and I still loved them both times I left them. I'd interpreted his abuse as a sign of my own lack of worth. And then I'd buried that interpretation pretty deep within myself and refused to look at it for more than a decade. Of course, realizing this has not been a painless process and I'm sure I still have work to do, but I feel like every cathartic cry is a step forward and every full body rage experience helps me shrug the blame off of my own shoulders. So I guess all of this is an elaborate way of saying thank you and also to say how great regular therapy is. And also, if you do end up reading this on your show to reach out to anyone who this might resonate with, it is not your fault if someone you love hurts you and you are worthy and you can overcome this. Thank you again, Zena. Mm, Zena, thank you so much for writing in because um, it's nice to hear that people can get help because there's times where it's like, I hope people are okay. And we always recognize that you know, it's it's a privilege to be able to go to therapy. It's sometimes hard to find the right person. So we we never shame people for like, you know, not being able to go. But totally. if you are able to, it, it, we've found that it's a really good tool. And I learned a lot um, through mine, same things of um, the patterns and stuff. So thank you for that. And um, yeah, transformative like that peach you ate. Totally. Yeah. Transformative therapy, transformative like a peach. Yeah. Hire me Ooh. as a copywriter. Yeah, but thank um, you for that. Age. Yeah, Zena, thanks for writing in. It's it's always really nice to hear how people are doing, and it's not something that we expect because you know people get busy, and or maybe they're just like moving on with their lives. But it's always nice to hear how. And people it are resonated doing. with me too. Like I, you know, remind totally. me of some things. Like yeah, you forget that there's stuff that you you repeat patterns that you know. Totally. You know, we're not all born having all the experiences. Yeah. Yeah. True. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, let's get to email number one. Okay, so they need a name. Uh, they didn't say from where, so what are we? No, no, they. Oh, sorry, I'm on the wrong email. You're totally right. Well, well, you are, well, 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 well. Sally has a new <laughs> iPad. I don't think you know how to use it. <laughs> I don't you, use your fingers. I'm Sally. swiping all around <laughs> this thing. So they need a name. Are you watching anything? Oh new? my God, Catherine, I'm in Riverdale jail still because Riverdale jail because I'm trying to finish the entire second season before I talk about it on Light Treason. Pod. Right thoughts about it. So well, you can't tell us that you don't spoil it. Yeah, it's gonna be on a bonus app. So become you like it? a member. I mean, look. This is a topic for a whole another episode. You posted a picture of one of the actors on the show. And yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's so. amazing. I would say that it's like really good and really bad. And then I'll stop there because I'll waste this entire episode. So all I've been watching is Riverdale. Okay. What about you? What are you watching? I mean, I've been doing a lot of writing and reading right now just because of uh, the going back in the show. So I spend yeah. a lot of my free hours when I'm not editing 
um, memorizing the lines. Yeah. And it, have you been reading or watching anything with a name we can throw in here? Yeah, I have. Um, what did I watch? Well, I've been watching some old Mystery Science Theaters. Yeah. I'm about to get hooked on some more shows that friends are talking about. But for right now, I mean, I can't stop singing the song Fruit Juice. Can we just call this person Juice? I think so. I mean, in a first name, juice. fruit, last name, Juice. Yes. Okay, Juice. And in the actual song, not the play, it's F R O O T as in Fruit Loops. Oh. Okay. So, Juice. <laughs> hey, Kate and Sally. Oh, is there a content note? No, we're good. I'm 15 years old and live in Germany, but I'm actually half American, half German. I found your podcast just a month ago or so, and I love it, although I'm only at episode 23. I like thinking about things, and listening to your podcast is the perfect opportunity to think about life, struggles, and all different kinds of things. You really help me a lot, so thanks. So now to my struggle. First of all, I think of life as a roller coaster. Well, obviously, we have opinions about that. Yeah, you could go on. (laughs) You have some ups and downs. Sometimes it goes faster or slower. At the moment, I think in my life is between high and low, but mostly high, and moves fast, but not too fast. I'm happy right now, but I guess only because I try hard to keep it that way. I try to enjoy every moment and make the best out of it. I try not to stick too much to routines because I think they make life boring, and I try to write all my thoughts down when my head feels like it's going to explode. So I guess I'm doing fine. But one thing that brings me to the lowest part of the roller coaster every time is that I don't talk to anyone about my feelings. I do sometimes give hints about how I'm feeling deep inside, but that's pretty rare. I just really want someone to talk to about all the shits in my head, but if I find an occasion to open up, I to open up, I can't. It's honestly so hard for me. I think you guys will recommend therapy once you read my email, and I agree. But at the moment, life doesn't seem that bad to go to therapy because in Germany, at least where I live, your life has to be so messed up if you go to therapy, and it's something to go to, to therapy. If you go to therapy, sorry. And it's something very strange and special if you have to go. I guess I'll try therapy in a few years, but for now, I don't think it would be the right thing. Anyway, how do people open up? I sometimes feel so guilty for telling someone about my thoughts and problems because I don't want to worry them or make their lives more complicated because they now know more about problems they didn't have before because I gave them my problems. In my head, I can imagine perfect and open conversations with friends, but they never happen in real life. I'm really sorry this email is so long. It's not and, con- and not constructed. It is structured. Structured. Did I not say structured? I think you said constructed. Ooh. It's close. It's the same thing. <laughs> sure. Love. Juice. Juice. Juice, thanks for writing in. Uh, how do people open up? Okay. I think that what you said makes a lot of sense about how therapy is not right at this time for you for reasons. Um, I think that... I mean, I was just thinking about what you said, that you feel guilty for telling people about your thoughts and problems because you don't want to complicate their lives by giving them your problems. And I'm just wondering how it feels to you when other people tell you about what they're going through. Are you thinking, oh, great, now I have this other person's problems. Why did this person give me their problems? My guess is that you don't feel that way um, and that you feel happy or... Uh, you feel like you get a nice feeling that someone trusted you with what they're going through um, and it feels nice to feel close to someone. And I mean, I'm just guessing. Um, So then I think if that's right, then my question would be, why would it be any different, you know, for you? Like why, why wouldn't it be that you can open up to a friend and they wouldn't 
feel like they were being given your problems. They it would feel like they were they have an opportunity to help someone or be there for someone or um be, you know, take care of a friend or listen to a friend and become closer with someone. I think that um I think that's something that you should think about because I think your your frame, I think that the frame you have about opening up to someone and what it means to open up to someone is not fully aligned with probably the reality of the other person's experience of being opened up to. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And also, you know, I'm looking at, you're a teenager, right? So 15, I'm speaking for me, it's a weird age, just the whole teenage years. Your body's changing. People are sort of changing. You have weird, not weird, but you have different feelings about things. I remember just feeling like, what is my body doing? I just Mm -hmm. felt awkward and weird, you know? And um, it's totally normal to be like, maybe I don't want to share a thing with someone, you know, maybe you just don't want to. I have different friends for different things to talk about. There are certain things I will talk to one friend about and not the other because for whatever reason, if I don't want to or I don't think it will come off as okay, that's okay. It's okay to not want to talk to somebody about something. But if you're saying that you really want to talk to a friend um, and then you feel guilty, just know that the majority of the people I know – um, talk about their feelings because it's a way to communicate and to share. And the person listening, at least in my case, I love hearing other people's stories because it makes me think about my stuff. Mm-hmm. Is it selfish? Is it whatever? Sure, call it what you will. But if you're both getting something out of the exchange, mm-hmm. you know, there's times I really want to hear about a friend's problem because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I felt that way too and I feel validated. Or you know, when I was going through like my breakup, a friend of mine got engaged and then she's like, oh, I didn't want to tell you. I'm like, no, I actually want to hear how happy you are because you yeah. fucking deserve it. Like, I want good news. You know, I want, totally. you know, good things. So there is it's a transactional situation in a conversation that people get different things from depending on who they're talking to. So I guess I just wonder, um, you know, I don't know how many friends you have or if you ever want to maybe start trying to share a few things that you want to share. It could even be like, man, I had the worst nectarine yesterday. Right, yeah. You know, <laughs> like we just did. Really heavy stuff like that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, at, at great length. But it's also, you know, I'm only talking about my own experience being a teenager. Uh, I had friends and then I lost them because everyone's getting into clicks and then everyone's mm-hmm. feeling weird. And, you know, your body is going through a lot of changes. Your mind's going through changes. It's a tough age to sort of know exactly what you want to talk about sometimes you're I know for me thoughts in my head are something scary and I'm like should I tell people Mm -hmm. this and it it does suck that you can't go and it and also I wonder I mean I don't know this for a fact but if people are looked down on as going to therapy or that they have to be very very like have something very quote-unquote serious maybe you were sort of raised with the idea in your head of like oh only those people talk Mm -hmm. to people and I don't know but because I know tons of Germans who are very talkative so I'm not (laughs) saying that but it could be anything from the way you were raised or the way that, you know, you experience things. But just know that if you start practicing with someone you trust on you know, tiny things, like, mm-hmm. hey, let's see a movie and talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, um, you'll find that when you do open up and when you listen to other people you're talking to, I, the exchange is a really beautiful mm-hmm. experience. And um, yeah, there's certain people I don't talk to about things. And that's right. totally okay to not want to talk to some people. But think about it this way. If you don't try, you'll never know what you might get out of it yourself. Totally. Yeah, yeah I agree. And I was going to 
I was going to suggest something you just said, Catherine, which is like starting with small things. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you don't have to like open the floodgates the first time you, <laughs> you know, talk to someone. You can just kind of share how you're feeling about small things or share like small feelings and TV shows. Yeah. And like Bill or like I had a bad day, you know, or, or it was really annoying. I was, I went to the post office to get a package and it actually wasn't there just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just hypothetically. Um, because I think that, you know, those things are little quote unquote, but like those are real feelings, frustration or anger or sadness or happiness or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that's like a part of starting to open up. And I think, you know, I know for me when I'm becoming friends with someone, it's a process of like figuring out what is this friendship going to be like? What is, what's the, what kinds of things do we talk about? Are, is this a friendship where we open up to each other and Mm. we take care of each other through things? Is this a friendship where we, you know, have an ongoing funny dialogue about something, but we don't really connect, you Mm. know? I mean, there are all different ways that people interact with each other. And I think as you're figuring out those relationships, at least for me, if I'm if I'm going through something and I'm like, man, it would be really good to talk to someone about something. And I think, oh, you know what? Last time I talked to Sarah about this, about this other thing, you know, she didn't seem phased. She was really helpful. She gave me really good advice. She just listened. I think I can go to her with this bigger thing. Who's the, Sarah? <laughs> who is this Sarah? <laughs> but like, you know, if you think about, I have also had the experience of getting to know someone and being like, oh, you know what? Last time I mentioned this thing that wasn't going well, Mm. I feel like that person like clammed up and Mm. got kind of uncomfortable. I don't think that they're comfortable with me like sharing or, and that's fine too. And so then like, that's not a person I'm going to talk to about a specific thing or I'm not going to open up to or whatever. And I think, you know, every friendship gives you a different thing, but, um, I just think it's a matter of kind of figuring out how you're going to relate to someone, how they're going to relate to you and, you know, figure out who are you comfortable opening up to. And I think the only way you can do that is by doing it a little bit in like safe ways. And also you mentioned in the email that, you know, when you're going through the low points, it sounds like much like you, many people, you have highs and lows and you're very clear about that. And you say, I give hints about how I'm feeling, but that's pretty rare. It's quite possible that your friend is taking the hint, but because you don't go further, they don't want to press it Mm -hmm. because that's actually something I do too is if I I'm not ready to talk about the entire thing but if someone's like how was your day I go I had a real this happened yesterday I was like it was a weird day um I'll tell you more about it later if I feel like it but basically I talked to a friend who was really upset and it upset me mm-hmm. and that was it because he didn't press for more information because he could tell that I just didn't want to tell the entire story totally which would take three hours and uh it was like not small talk. It was personal, but it was like, yeah, I had a rough day. And he's like, yeah, me too. But, mm. but we didn't press on it because we didn't expand upon it voluntarily. Totally. And that's, that happens a lot. Yeah. And then sure. the next conversation is, okay, yeah. I'll tell you what happened. But you don't, you don't ever have to tell anyone your life story. Yeah, for you sure. Know, very few people know details about my dad. My new friends in the near future still don't know everything because they've only known me a couple of years. Like it takes years before you get to know, yeah. oh, that shit happened. You totally. Because I'm not going to lay it all out there for everyone on the first meet. Mm-hmm. You have to know everything about me. Like, no, totally. you can have a bad day and not want to talk about it. And you can have a bad day and say to a friend, I'll tell you a little bit. Yeah. It sounds to me like the people who are responding to you are not pressing you because they're sensing maybe that you, you know, it's tough. Yeah. And some people don't pick up on hints. True. You know, some people pick up on hints and are like, okay, this person doesn't want to go further. And some people just don't pick up on hints. That's right. Um, I also was just thinking about how, depending on who I'm talking to, I can go from talking about something that bothered me to really deep, ancient issue like primal issues Mm -hmm. inside me from childhood because Mm -hmm. you know 
the more time you spend kind of working on yourself, the more aware you become of, you know, why something is bothering you. And I'm, I, I mean, I recently texted a friend and I was like, does this ever happen to you? This like kind of annoying thing. Mm. And I realized like three texts and after I had written like page length things, oh, like this isn't, this is like about so much more than this one annoying thing. Like this is annoying to me because it's, you know, pressing on old bruises and it's like kind of um, tugging at the strings of all these things that are inside me. And there are some friends I have where I can, like, I could text you, Catherine, and I could be, you could be like, how was your day? And I could be like, oh, it was like shitty because this thing happened. And I could explain to you why going back to like something from my childhood, like why. I picture you in a cave with hieroglyphics, like writing just, out your feelings. Yeah, just like chiseling it into <laughs> a cave wall. Day. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but maybe with someone else, I would be like, oh, I had a shitty day and it was really annoying because this thing happened. Right. And I wouldn't go into like the whole backstory and like, you know, talk and about I this know thing happening. I, like, yeah, I right. would be like, tell me everything. <laughs> now, Sally, you know this is about something else. You know. Um, so anyway, I guess, I guess the point is, you know, I think it's the kind of thing that you figure out it's a process. You figure it out as you go and just start small. And also, I just want to say also real quick, you say um, life moves fast and you don't routines make things boring. You try to make the most of it. I think Jack Dawson in Titanic says, you know, make, make, make it count. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing is, though, if you try to make every moment happy and you're like, I got to be doing something all the yeah. time. First of all, routines can actually be really helpful. True. Secondly, life is not always happy. And one, the more you lean into that fact – the more you learn about how um, it's okay to be sad. Totally. Or you don't need to run away from – I'm saying you are. I'm just saying I do know people who occupy themselves, myself included, and sometimes you just need to sit with a sad feeling because that's valid. Mm-hmm. So don't ever feel guilty if you're like, I'm not happy right now. I need to be doing something. It's okay to be down. Totally. Yeah. That actually makes me think of how it took me like a cool 30 years to realize that if I put too many expectations on mm. New Year's Eve. Oh, God, I hate New Year's Eve. <laughs> and then New Year's Eve is disappointing. It's like the worst disappointment in the world. But if you go into it feeling like it's just another night, it's fine to have a bad night, when it ends up turning out terribly, which it always will because it's New Year's Eve, you're like, Year's okay, Eve. well, that's fine. It's just another day. And I think it's the same thing with admitting, knowing that it's okay to not have good days. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to have complicated feelings because – if you make it okay, mm. then when it happens, you're like, okay, this is just a thing that happens. I mean, whatever, maybe not that breezy, mm. but I think that if you hold yourself to a standard of feeling happy and uncomplicated and things are going smoothly all the time, when your life deviates from that a little bit, it can feel crushing because you're mm. like, it's not supposed to be like this. you know. Whereas if you could just kind of know that that's part of the deal, it can be a little bit easier to ride with, I think. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with being unhappy and if people totally. who are, pretend to be happy all the time i'm like i just don't trust it Mm-mm. that's not possible not even, not in the least that's exhausting well cool so um what do we give her oh fruit fruit right no no juice juice sorry fruit juice no that's okay i was still thinking of the song juice this is great thank you so much for um this and you know what it, it sounds like it's just it's, that's a very honest question, so thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that because yeah. we all, I think, at some point are like, how do I talk to people? Sometimes? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know. Yeah, so thank you for bringing that up. Dude. Yeah, it's a great question. And enjoy the next, like, more than 100 episodes. You yeah. Because we have, like, 100 – we have a lot of episodes. I'm always amazed when people start from the beginning. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like – I mean, not, you know, making fun. It's like, wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, be a, be a struggle bus completist. You're going to learn a lot about – 
spoilers. Like it. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. gonna learn that we both watch like watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Well, I I watch a lot of TV. I don't think you are. I mean, I've been, but lately it's just with the new with the news, yeah, re, with the work and the stuff with the. I'm either writing or then reading or taking time out. I'm going on a lot of walks lately and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been watching as much lately because I've been focusing on some other shit. On like other life things. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I'm in Riverdale jail. I'm about to jump into, I think, uh, one of the shows. The one with um, Amy Adams, the one about the murders Oh, or yeah. Something. Oh, my God. I I saw um, the commercial we were watching, mm. Insecure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start. Oh, so good. I, I have to binge that because oh, I love that show God, so much. it's so good. Yeah, I can't watch one episode and wait. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. You have to save them up. I'm waiting. But, but right before there was a – and it was it's called Sharp Objects, right? Yes. That was fucking terrifying. Just like the little preview ad commercial thing. Oh, yeah. But it's supposed to be good. Yeah. And right? I'm definitely going to watch American Horror Story, the new. Uh, oh, God. I'm no. so scared. I, oh, it's so good. Have you not seen it? Oh, I don't watch horror. Are you kidding me? It's. I don't like it either, but the first season is outstanding. I'm sure it's really good, but I will never like turn off a light ever in, mm. for the rest of my life if I watch something scary. I'm the same way, but I could watch season one. Really? Yeah, it's different. It's okay. interesting. It's kind of almost um, kitschy. It's, oh, that's interesting. Um, Jessica, what is her last name? Beal. No, the older lady. Walters. No. Walter. Uh, uh, you know, I'm a terrible person. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Rabbit. Uh, hold on a second. I have to find this out. Um, but she is so good. Uh, hold on. Her story. What I'm trying to think of other famous dress. Lang. Lang. Is it? Nope. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Sure, it's not Rabbit. It's not Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. I, why is this taking so I long? I wish I could vamp. Uh, more famous Jessicas. Jessica. Uh, oh no, it's not Jessica. Well, Sarah Paulson's in it first of all. Wait, is it Jessica Beale or Jennifer Beale? Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang. Okay. Jessica Lang. Wait, but seriously, is it Jessica Beale or Jennifer Beale? Just, just Jessica Beale. Okay. Um, and the thing about. American Horror Story, Sarah Paulson's in it, all these people. Mm. They use the same cast every season, but it's a totally different story. Right, so they okay. play different characters. It's Jessica Lange is just, watch it for that. Okay. Season one is not scary. I mean, it is, but it's not as scary. Okay, I'm it's probably not going to watch it. Don't. Because people also <laughs> told me Stranger Things wasn't scary. Um, And I watched two episodes of it, and I was like, and I'm done. I mean, yes, it's very good. Duh. I'm uh, not like... You know, I get it. I pulled myself out of it. I wasn't, really? I couldn't get that. I mean, I watched it, but I didn't care. You didn't care. Okay. You know? I cared, but I was like too scared. Mm. So I don't know. Other things scare me. Yeah, there's certain things I can't watch. Um, All okay. right. Well, hey, <laughs> let's hey, listen, get back guys, to this. Podcast. We haven't seen each other in a while. This is <laughs> we're, just, we're just doing a little catch up on yeah. the show. All right. So the next email, they need a name. Um, Fruit? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Okay, this is from Fruit. Robin, this is for you. Robin's the one who wrote the play. Oh, nice. uh, Yeah. it's That's Fruit with two O's. F-R-O-O-T. Okay. (laughs) This is from Fruit. (laughs) Dear Kate and Sally, I am a student at a really prestigious university. I have had a pretty tough time there struggling with the workload and some mental health problems throughout the last two years. I include this to give an idea of my mental state as well as a background to the situation and relationships I am in. Being at uni there is akin to being in a pressure cooker. Relationships are intense and we all get along well until tensions, which have lain under the surface for a while, explode. Before the summer, two of my friends, let's call them G and L, though those are not their real initials, had been spending every waking moment together preparing for exams. After some of us had already left for summer, they kissed on a night out, which meant that L had to split up with her long-term boyfriend and the two have decided they want to be together. These people are my best friends. 
Our wider friend group had different reactions, mainly negative. I was initially confused, annoyed, and hurt because neither had said anything before making this decision, which is strange for us. We usually talk about everything. Then, while talking to a friend about it, I found out that L had told G that I really liked him to stop him from going out with another girl earlier this year. It turns out she had been saying to everyone that I liked him for months. I confronted her about this, and she lied to my face, saying she had never thought that or told anyone that. He claimed he wouldn't have believed it if she had anyway. I know they both lied and feel so humiliated that all my friends were talking about this behind my back and feeling bad for me. Throughout the summer, things have been off. I haven't seen anyone since I live in another country for most of my friends. I feel so sad and hurt when I hear anything about their relationship and that they're both acting so strangely. They've each messaged me once in the last two months. Here comes the question. How can I live with them this year? I have to. I have no choice. Their relationship is going to be inescapable and I don't know how to act. The thought of being around them is making me so anxious. I've been affected enough at home where I've barely had anything to do with them. How can I try to be happy for them in their relationship when they've hurt me so much? I feel like any disagreement I have with them slash the situation is being taken as bitterness that I'm single or as a clue that I do fancy G after all. I feel so uncomfortable in the group now as I feel like everyone is watching me and scrutinizing what I do. How can I feel normal around G again and not worry that he'll think I like him? These feel like such inane questions compared to what you usually answer, and even with some of my other mental health questions, but I'm so miserable about this and find it having an impact on everything else. Thank you for everything you do. You touch so many lives all across the world. Fruit. Fruit. And then there's a picture. This okay. wonderful This wonderful boy in the photo attaches my wee dog having a nap. Oh, I won't go on about the dogs. I want to get to you. But thank you so much for sending this wee dog. This dog has its tongue out. It's yeah, its tongue is just hanging I right out. I feel like it's no, it's being photographed. You know, you're, you're like pretending to sleep, yeah. but you're like, ooh, is this my good side? Yeah, this dog knows that if its little tongue is hanging out, it's going to be a real good photo op. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, okay. Uh, fruit, fruit. Listen, um, this is not an inane question compared to what we answered. Mm-mm. This is a very big question, yeah. and this is a big. Fo- I think a lot of people can relate to this. Mm-hmm. Friendship groups in a small situation, living situations. It sounds really messed up. Um, I know you said that you have no choice but to live with them, so I'm going to have to take that as fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you're already like you know put a deposit down or live together. But if it happens that you can get out of it in some way, I would urge you to maybe look into it. Here's an example. I don't want to name names, but my friend's freshman year of college was having a problem with her roommate who also invited her boyfriend who sold drugs out of their tiny double. And instead of saying, I don't want to live with you anymore, she moved to the vegetarian house on campus and was like, oh, I'm vegetarian. And like we never talked. She could have said, like, your boyfriend should not live with us and right. sell drugs. But I, that story is so hilarious to me. Easier to just become a vegetarian. You know. <laughs> and, she, and I was like, wait, you just did this whole elaborate thing. And yeah. she's like, yeah, I could. I, I was just too scared to confront her. That's amazing. We were friends, like, but it was yeah, awkward. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. But at the same time, at that age, I, too, like, I'm bad at confrontation or mm-hmm. I was bad then. And it's hard when you're like, oh, I'm mad at you. You have every right to be angry. And also, whoever – starts dating for the first time it's always awkward because they want to do their own thing whenever I'm dating someone for the first time my friends don't see me for months like having people in a relationship even if you're totally for it it's awkward being what feels like the third wheel or whatever that said it also would 
infuriate me if um, I think it was L who lied to you about having a crush. That's that's not nice, and I would feel like shit too. That's actually happened to me, and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know L if they were doing it to cover their tracks because they like G blah 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 blah. But for whatever reason, they said it, and it hurts. And mm. you have every right to be feeling that way. People who get into relationships, especially if they had been dating someone else and it's a friend group, I find is always a little bit awkward and everyone feels a little uncomfortable, including the people in the relationship. So before I throw it back to Sally, because I have so much to say about this, I just want to let you know that even the people who heard, oh, you like this guy and it was a lie or whatever, this is one piece of advice because especially in a college situation where everyone knows each other and it's going to sound mean, but it's not. People don't think about you as much as you think they do. Everyone has their own thing of like, do I look okay doing this or am I all right? So if you're worried that everyone on campus is talking about you, they're not. But it is still a really shitty feeling. So I have more to say, but Sally, uh, what do you think what I said so far? Um, Yeah, I think – yeah, I agree with everything you said, Catherine. And, you know, I think – so you said how can can I try to be happy for them in their relationship when they've hurt me so much? And I just – I think you can just take that off your plate. I don't think you have to be happy for them or try to be happy for them. Um, I think feeling mad at them and disappointed in the way they've treated you is totally – makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't prioritize feeling happy for them. I, th- I mm. would, I would prioritize working things out either with them or just for yourself, just so you can, your living situation can be better. Um, it sounds like you talked, you know, you confronted them about this, this one thing. And I'm just wondering if it's worth having a conversation with them just to, you know, a conversation that's like, hey, we have to live together and I want this to be as unweird as possible so that living together is smooth because this is my home and I want to feel good here. And I don't know, you know, you obviously you know them and I don't. I don't know how well that would go. But if you think there's any potential for things to be smoothed over, even in a superficial way, Mm. I, I find that, you know, sometimes a superficial smoothing over of things is will get the job done um, enough to make a situation less awkward or enough to make a situation something that I'm able to deal with. Um, You know, and I think the hope in a friendship is always that it's not a superficial smoothing over. It's actually people admitting they did something wrong and apologizing in a way that feels sincere and telling you they don't want to ever hurt you again and they know that they were wrong. And, you know, maybe that will happen down the line. Um, It's really hard for me to tell from this email whether these people are kind of nefarious, terrible people or are people who acted in a kind of a selfish, careless, thoughtless way and it hurt your feelings. And I'm, I'm not saying it's okay. I'm just, I'm saying, you know, sometimes when people write into us, they describe behavior that sounds like just so toxic mm. and abusive and like they're dealing with people who are irredeemable and have made it clear that they're not going to be responsive to any kind of like conversation about things that have happened and apologies and vulnerability, but you, you did describe this shitty thing that they both did, but you, you didn't say more about whether or not they're terrible people. So I guess what I'm saying is in the event that they're not terrible people and there's a chance to smooth things over just for the sake of you being able to stay there comfortably, I would do that. And the other thing I would do is like cultivate a really good off 
uh, not off campus, out of your home life where there's mm-hmm. things that you love to do and places you love to go and people that you feel really good about being around, which is no substitute for a home that feels safe and comfortable because it's your home. Mm. But it, but it's it's something that can kind of be a touchstone. Catherine. Now, Fruit, I'm not clairvoyant. <laughs> I just You know I disagree with that. I just look at... I look at patterns of things, yeah. right? So there's also another option. I don't know L and I don't know U and I don't know G. Although the L and the G train, uh, the G train is the oh, only train shit. that runs in, um, that doesn't go to Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And then the L train is the only connection from the G. So when I saw L and G, I was like, oh my God, yeah, the, the subway is, system. There's something here. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to make a metaphor out of the trains because that'll take too much time. And I haven't thought of that one yet. But <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how I'm able to remember the names. But L, I believe, is the friend who had to break up with her boyfriend, correct? And G's, okay. Sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Again, they could be be very selfish, but there I have seen this happen where mm-hmm. when two people it's not even conscious necessarily, know they've done something that have hurt other people and were hiding a relationship and didn't share it with you, which is not unheard of. Like when you have a secret crush, there's times where you don't want to tell your friend because that person's going through feelings or they hook up and it's like, oh no, do we tell people? Um, <laughs> I don't know what that's like, <laughs> but um I have known people who, um, because they are feeling guilty and bad and assuming everyone's mad at them, that they push back by being like, really like, oh, yeah, well, don't be mad at me. We're mm-hmm. happy. But sometimes if they put a mirror in front of it, the reflection is that they kind of maybe do feel guilty mm-hmm. and that they didn't share with you. Yeah, I'm not saying that's the case, but that is something I've seen happen before. And I've also seen people be just very selfish and garbage. Like, why can't you accept our love? Like somebody actually <laughs> once said that to me. And it's like, because yeah. I don't like your boyfriend. God. I mean, and then, yeah, and we never spoke again. You know who you are. Um, they, they <laughs> They're were, probably listening. I, you know, and if you are good, I don't fucking care. That was years ago. And I literally was like, I don't like your boyfriend. I'm not going to be happy for <laughs> Deal you. Deal with it. Well, you know, it was all going downhill anyway. But... <laughs> um, I want to remind you one other thing. I, in college, I, reading this reminded me of a lot because especially I just came back from my college reunion. And when you're in that small space, especially when you're living with people, there was so much drama I forgot about. So I got to reunion and we were like, remember when you hated me that year? And I was like, mm. oh my God, we stopped talking for a year and you st-. like, I actually forget yeah, that I used totally. to get into these things. And I'm not saying 20 years from now, this would be a hilarious story, but I am saying that it is it at that moment it's very important and it is a big deal. Yeah. But um, you know, I would say maybe give it some time. But I say take some space from them. You can live with them, but it's still true. maybe not hang out with them. And you don't have to explain why. Mm-hmm. I, I it looks like you have a nice friend group. Maybe even meet some more people. Yeah. I love dishing with people who I barely know because in a very strange way I know it's not gonna get back to the group. Yeah. I had um brunch with a really good friend of mine who's not totally in the inner circle, but we're friends and mm-hmm. we ended up just and they're going through a similar situation I am in my personal life. And we just fucking had a wonderful bitch session oh, nice. of just like saying things we wouldn't say to people's faces. I mean, it wasn't gossip. It was just like, I feel like this. And you know what? This yeah. person pissed me off. And and there's nothing wrong with just having a friend sort of maybe in the outside circle and being like, you know, mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know. There's so many ways in which you can talk to different kinds of people about different things. And it's not gossip. It's not mean. It sounds like you've been very clear with these two people. And I also do agree what Sally said. If there's a way that maybe you can clear the air, but you might want to give us some space and then see what happens. Yeah. But you don't, ha- you don't have to be happy for them. Agree. Um, now, again, there's also friends whose spouses and partners I don't like, mm-hmm. but I don't care because it – you know, it's fine. I, I would never take them aside so long as that pr- their partner isn't hurting them. Right. I tolerate it. 
I'm happy for them if they're happy. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're still hurt. Totally. So you don't have to be happy for them if you're hurt. It's it's really tough when in a in a friends group when mm. people pair off and start dating. I feel like it always causes drama. It's one of the least believable things about Riverdale, frankly, uh-huh. which is that people within tight knit friend groups keep getting together and coupling off, and it like kind well, of. Sally, you've never been at a theater company, have oh, you? Oh yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and it, it like becomes problematic briefly, and then it's resolved. And I I think it's just really tough because there's so many different intertwining relationships and friendships and feelings and it feels weird when people hook up and don't tell anyone mm. and then when they do it feels like you've been left out and it's like a whole thing also restaurants also restaurants. there's so many jobs where that does happen where though. that's a yeah. thing yeah, yeah totally um and in a small town who else are you gonna date true there's like two people who live in riverdale five maybe yeah there's like five people so they have to date, they each, other. date each other yeah no no but i understand what you're saying in conclusion definitely watch riverdale <laughs> so I think it'll give you some really good uh ideas yeah so as far as how can you live within this year i will give you this challenge and or exercise uh just know that you don't have to do anything you can sit in your room and read a book you can go out and have coffee you can not invite them to things if you don't want to just exist as you Make them come to you if, if they're, you know, whatever, but you don't have to be the one to go to them. Mm-hmm. Met, you know, you'll figure it out. It's okay to have an awkward few months, um, but just know that you're not being mean and you don't have to, like, throw flowers at their feet and be like, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, people, I just also, like, I don't think people need to be happy for other people's relationships. Ever. You know? Like, why, what is that? If, if my friend's happy, I'm happy for them. Right. I don't even care if it's a relationship or a new job or anything. But, I mean, I, I guess I understand... Whatever, I know that's like a whole other thing I don't okay. want to get into. But um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I think that either just letting it, not like, not letting it lie, but seeing if you can sort of create some separation, like Catherine said, some distance is good. And I also, I, I'm the kind of person who cannot tolerate things being unresolved. Mm, Something mm-hmm. I'm working on. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean? So I, I, in this situation, I would probably go to them and be like, can we just find a way to resolve this so that I can stop obsessing about it? Yeah. You know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, our friendship going back to the way it was, it doesn't have to be everything, everyone feeling great, but can we just like acknowledge this, put it aside? I just want to live my life. I mean, and I'm not saying that that's like for everyone, but mm. I know me in this situation, I would, I would have a, I would have a hard time with, uh, living with it, with it, like not being addressed, you know? Yeah. I actually am now thinking back to 20 years of my friend group, which I'm still friends with. And there was a little bit of someone dated so-and-so, mm-hmm. someone kissed so-and-so. And at the time it was awkward. Yeah. And there were times where we didn't talk to each other for maybe a few months and, and just said, I'm kind of uncomfortable. I don't want to see you guys together because it feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, it wasn't my thing personally, but I'd seen this happen. And now everyone's still friends because it takes time. And yeah. it doesn't mean you're jealous of them. And if you do want to have that one conversation, just be like, it's not that I'm jealous. I am a little frustrated you lied to me. I'm happy that you're happy, but don't expect me to accept this immediately just because there were a lot of people that got hurt, totally. including myself, and I might need some time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Done and done. I never expect people to be happy for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just be happy for yourself. Yeah. Everyone just worry about their own relationship. Yeah. Right? We're not all how we are on Insta. Right. Gram. Sorry. True. It's the gram. I think Insta works too. I thought that was the real way, but then you said the gram and now I'm into that. I don't, I mean, I, I like the gram. I, it makes me sound cool. It makes me sound like the kind of person who would sit in a chair backwards. <gasps> you know, those people and they lean oh, the on the back of the chair. Cool teachers. 
the teachers who you can relate to? Oh, yeah. I did this really awesome monologue for the news that was like touching and sad, but I wrote in it, um, sits backwards in the chair, cool teacher style when I start. Yeah, that And is everyone cool loved that. Style. And I was like, yeah, because they all thought it was going to be funny. And I was like, watch this, kids. That's well, that, that's what the gram makes me think of. That's how a cool teacher would talk about Instagram. See? Right. But like a not cool teacher. Yeah. Like he, that teacher shouldn't be sitting in the chair like that that's true. and talking to the young women after class. They, the way no, they, they do. should not be. Yeah, I know that teacher. Yeah, we all know that teacher. <laughs> oh, God, that teacher's terrible. Hey, kids. I'm right. the cool teacher. Let's go back to just calling Let's it Instagram. Let's meet at my house. What? Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, Catherine, <laughs> we're running a little long. Aren't we? Um, because we spent a lot of time talking about fruit and roller coasters. But. It's so good to see you. It's even better to see you. We'll be talking more about scheduling because we want to do the show a little bit more often once everything settles. Yeah. But we did. Thank you for, you know, giving us the summer to sort of take some space and work some shit out. Yeah. And we're going to figure out the bonus episode mm-hmm. thing. Um, we're going to figure out a way to make the money that you give us feel valuable yeah. to you. Um, but bonus episodes have not happened for a couple months and they may not for an, another couple while we figure out what's going on. So thank you very much for your patience and for continuing to support us. And if you decide that you don't want to support us because you feel like your $5 is going to those bonus episodes, then we understand that. Yeah. Um, and also, this is the best part. After sort of taking some time off and dealing with our shit, we love doing this show. We're not going anywhere. Yeah. We want to be able to continue to do this show and give you the best quality possible. So that's what that's what it is. Like, Totes. so we're talking about like, okay, cool. How are we going to do a schedule that'll work out for us? Because we love doing this. Yes, we sure do. Yeah. So Catherine. Yes. Should we uh, <gasps> close this bad Son boy up? Of the- Sorry, I was looking at that dog again. Oh, yeah. I mean, but the tongue is on one side. Okay. Um, <laughs> so listen, you have, oh, oh. Do you know the song? You did not. I didn't know this song until someone tweeted it at me today. Mm-mm-mm. I can't wait to Sally tell the story of it. Elizabeth. To Markin. That's me. Yeah. I only remember that because my middle name is Elizabeth. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. So listen, you can tweet at us at StruggleBuzzPod. Email us at StruggleBuzzPodcast at gmail.com. If you have a question or, or need advice or have some feedback, put that in the subject line because to join our secret Facebook group, which is a great place, by the way, to randomly connect. Um, so for example, the last letter, you can like... Talk to some strangers, quote unquote, in the group and be like, oh, what should I do? And it feels totally. good to hear from other people too. Mm-hmm. So uh, strugglebuzzpodcast at gmail.com. Use the subject line. Join the Facebook group. I will put you in. If you get a confirmation you got in but you didn't get the email, just let me know. 50% of the time it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. 100% of the time it works every time after that because I have a workaround. Nice. Instagram.com. Sla- the gram. Instagram.com <laughs> slash the struggle bus pod. Use the hashtag struggle pod buds for 20 to find a struggle buddy. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller. Sally. That's your nighttime voice. That's Catherine after dark. No, this is my morning voice. I loved it. <laughs> but it, it, it's kind of dark in here because it's getting dark outside. Oh, I should turn on And you Christmas just did light. your kind of uh, delightful nighttime voice. My vampire voice. I'm a um, yeah. Speaking of vampires. Speaking of vampires. So earlier today, I was working from home. And I started listening to the soundtrack to Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is a weird choice. It's pretty creepy. It's a lot of just notes. It's a lot of notes. It's kind of a lot of noise. It's pretty scary. I listened to it one time through and I was like, I'm good. Um, (laughs) But I tweeted about it, as I want to do. (laughs) And my friend Pat, who definitely has the best taste in music and actually, like art and anything is aesthetic the Pat we of know? everyone. Uh, no, no, no. This uh. is a friend of mine from New Haven. He has the best taste in anything in the art world, um, hands down. He replied to my tweet and he 
pointed out the song by Annie Lennox, Love Song for a Vampire, which plays during the end credits of the 1992 film, You Know It and Love It, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the song of the week is Love Song for a Vampire. It was released in 1993. And uh, apparently the video um, is, there's a video where Annie Lennox is pregnant and it's kind of a similar- In real life? Uh, don't know. Uh, but it's, 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 uh, shot and set and, and kind of a similar, on a similar set to the garden. And have you seen Dracula lately? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the garden? I did where the audio book like for Dracula. And I you did? The, oh, years ago. That's amazing. It is a long ass book. It's real long. Anyway, the point is, watch the video, listen to the song. It's great. It's haunting. Mm. And, uh, that's it. That's all I got. Also, it's Annie Lennox. It's I mean, Annie Lennox. I, it, I love her. You can't go wrong. You cannot. I mean, is she problematic? Did she... Tweet something. Who knows? Oh, did she? No, I'm just asking probably. you. Probably. Ah, because all of your fate. Well, I'm ah. gonna put my money on probably. I don't know, man. I'm gonna put my money on not probably. Okay. Well, but let's see which I one of us be, is right. Let's figure it out. All right. So listen, we uh, yeah. Hey, we we love you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. That was amazing. Thank you. That was the best. That was the best eye contact I've ever experienced. For everyone listening at home, uh, (laughs) this is an Easter egg, maybe. And I started the show, but then I hit record and just stared at Sally. (laughs) Hand on your chin, staring. It's a second because you're sipping your La Croix, and then you look up, and I was like, yeah. (laughs) That was amazing. All right. Well played. Thank you. Okay. Welcome to the struggle bus.